Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barcelona Bloodgrounds podcast. It is episode one of the International Break special. Uh, next week, we are going to do a little bit of a European roundup. But today, we are going to chat with Nick from Barcelona Bloodgrounds. We're going to discuss the Barcelona Atleti match. We're going to talk a little bit about Raheem Sterling, Luis Suarez, all of the fun things, maybe some Ronald Koeman, just because why not? Uh, yeah, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, all the places you get your podcast. And here is the interview with Nick. Alrighty, everyone, I'm joined by our old friend, Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on. Um, international break. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the athletic match and then get into some just some random topics because there's nothing else to talk about. So Barcelona 0, Atleti 2. Uh, Barcelona sits ninth in La Liga right now, although they do have a match in hand. Um, the, the defense seems to be getting worse. The offense is drying up. Uh, international break coming at a perfect time. I, although, I got to be honest, I don't know if it's the perfect time because it gave us it's giving us two weeks to talk about how horrible they are. Um, what was your... First of all, did you get to watch the Athletic match live? Yeah, I, I did. I watched the match. So yeah, followed I, by yeah. I I did as well. Uh and I'm curious to hear kind of before goals were scored, what was your kind of early prediction? How like how did you feel the match was gonna go? Did you feel like Barcelona had a shot or was this two oh just kind of expected for you? Well, before we talk about Barcelona, um Atletico, Real Madrid, all these teams on Liga, nobody's doing great. So I can go confidently into any match thinking Barcelona can and should win this game, even with the players that we have with the injuries. So maybe I'm just, I don't think I'm an optimist, but every time I go into any single Barca game, I think, why not? They have the talent. It's possible. If they get it right, they can beat Atletico. And plus, Atletico has ways of dropping points on their own. They're not always, um, they haven't been performing at such a high level this season. Although they looked pretty amazing in this game in a lot of ways. They, you know, once again, the coming to the game. So yeah, I thought Barcelona can win this, but are they going to have a game plan? Um, and you go into it and the game plan is always, we're going to possess the ball and we're going to, that's what we're comfortable with. And they were doing it from the beginning until the end, even when they're trailing. 
end up with 70% possession, but you watch that and it just looks like there's no danger in it whatsoever. So you're just waiting and saying something has to happen because at any moment, even if we're only defending 30% of the game, I'm not sure our defense is going to be able to, you know, stop a dangerous moment. That might be the only um, opportunity that matters that can turn the game. And lo and behold, that's what happened around minute 20. And then uh, Barcelona doesn't know how to respond. And that's been a pattern. Yeah. And so you mentioned the 70% possession, right? Barcelona um, have less shots on target than Atletico Madrid, three to two, despite all that possession. And that's something we talked about with Robbie last week uh, from Into the Cauldron, the Atletico blog, is he talked about how vulnerable Atletico had been early, early in matches this year, um, how they were kind of starting to learn how to become an attacking team and not necessarily like what happened in this game where they were the team that absorbed the pressure. And this was a game where, despite how Atletico had looked kind of early on in the season when they were trying to be a team that had more of possession, was playing more on the front foot, this looked more like the old school Atletico team. And this is the team that is frankly scarier and looked, despite not having possession at all in this match, looked kind of like the team I expected to see going into the season. Yeah, and they scored their goals in two different ways. The first time, it was a build-up play, 100%. So it wasn't like, okay, Barca gets killed in the counterattack every time. They do. It's dangerous. But the first time, Joao Felix, first of all, from the beginning, all I can say, my big takeaway was, why could we have not made that swap with Griezmann for Joao Felix? Could have had an attacking player there. We know what his potential is. Ended up with nothing. He was dangerous from the beginning. And Araujo and Minguesa on that side of the field were committing fouls to stop him and contain him. But in this first goal, it was a buildup. The ball gets fired in. Araujo gets turned on. And to me, the big thing in this game is, yeah, Barcelona can't defend very well. But where's the defensive midfielder? We had two of them. Can Araujo get some help? It was too easy picking a pass one to the other, breaking down the defense and getting through. The second one was a counterattack, but they were very similar. When they're getting attacked on, very simple passes to you know open them up. And a team defensively, without a structure and without a plan. Yeah. And I think if you look at La Liga moving forward, um, I don't necessarily say like Barcelona, let me look at the table real quick there. I mean, they're only back five points. Uh, they have a match in hand. Like La Liga is not like the top four isn't out of play, obviously, um, despite their, their run of form in recent games. Like they are, they do have the talent despite the injuries, uh, they're going to be getting some um, some reinforcements after the international break. They have the talent to be a top four team in the Liga this year. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, are you left going into the international break uh, feeling more or less hopeful about Barcelona's season than you did, you know, last time we talked a month ago? At this point, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. Um, I, and I think, you know, a lot of, you watch the, you don't want to say the same thing over and over again. So, okay, so who means the coach? I guess that's what's happening. It seems to me like maybe we're going to reevaluate come January, December, after the group stage of the Champions League to see what those performances look like. I mean, uh, third place is realistic, even fourth place is possible. Um, I wonder how that's going to go into the potential of switching coaches at that point. Um, am I feeling hopeful? Well, coming up, we have some tough games. Valencia looks great this year. I mean, they've kind of dropped off a little bit in their form, but they look like a much stronger Valencia team, which I think is good for La Liga. 
such a storied club to come back to, you know, where they belong, Real Madrid, more Champions League games. So I'm not feeling hopeful. If all we're hearing is when the injured players come back, that's going to make a difference. Yeah, I do believe that's going to make a difference. I think it will be fun to see Antu Fati playing with Memphis, playing with Dembele up front. That is a lot of talent up there. But what's the plan? How are we going to utilize it? Um, because, you know, Dembele hopefully tracks back and helps defensively. Hopefully we get the same thing. Memphis does stuff like that as well. Gavi looks pretty amazing. Adri gets healthy. Okay. You, you look at a lineup like that and you ask yourself, which team in La Liga has a better lineup than Barcelona when we're healthy? You know, it's pretty equal with the teams at the top. So that makes me feel hopeful. But it's not just the players coming back that's going to change things. There has to be a system in place. And you look, I, don't, I look at Simeone. He's jumping up and down the sideline. He's coaching hard. He's giving instruction. He's, you know, expecting a certain attitude from his players. And you look at Barcelona, and my biggest thing, even when they're doing well, is they're so fragile. So it'll take one little moment in the game, and even when they're playing well, they'll revert back to not believing in themselves again. So even when the players come back, that's what I'd like to see, some more belief, some more confidence. And where that comes from, leadership, I'm not exactly sure at the moment. Um, you mentioned the tough schedule. So off of the international break, there's Valencia. And three days later, you have the must-win match against Dynamo Kiev in the Champions League. And then... Few days late, four days later after that, you have El Clasico. So within a week stretch, Barcelona have a few matches that are going to. And I, I think, I think there was literally there's a human quote talking about how Barcelona quote like must win the next three matches, which is just uh, interesting. Uh, despite you know the the belief, so he said quote I spoke to the president yesterday this morning too. Uh, we've been discussing things about the team, the staff, the club. Things have become clear now. The message will help calm things down. Laporta called me last night and we were talking. At least there's clarity in this aspect. After the break, there are three games we have to win. Laporta's support is important. If we don't have anything, everything clear, then it is difficult to have a peaceful mind and the patience to work. It's the best for everyone. Now, like any coach, we must demand results. Um, I, I don't want to talk for you know 30 minutes about Ronald Koeman. Um, let me just get your kind of perspective on Koeman right now. I think every... Everything you read online is just about how we must go, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Are you in a position where you think Kuman has to go tomorrow? And like that's that's the thing that's holding this Barcelona team back is this, this horrible tactician? I think that is the one thing you can do that will have the biggest impact at this point. And I always say, like, you hear all these, read all these articles about the finances. It doesn't seem transparent to me. Like, I really don't know what's possible, what's not possible with the accounting. There has to be a way to make this work if you're Barcelona. There has to be a way. But it does sound like Laporta's made his decision. I heard there was a the rumor was a conversation. The Kremlin said, listen, just give me some ch a chance. I feel very confident that it's just the players coming back. And I don't know. It, it's always the next three games, apparently. It was you know, three, the next three games a month ago. And those three games didn't go well. Dropped points right away coming out of, after the Bayern Munich loss. And now it's another three games. And these are even more difficult. And so I think, you know, it's, this is going to repeat itself. I'm not sure at what point LaCourche is going to decide I have to do it now. Maybe it's just finding the right option. Maybe it's saying, um, you know, we're not going to have, this is truly the transition season. And maybe it's a transition two seasons with Koeman. People are going to be frustrated. But I don't know, definition of insanity. I don't expect things to get better um, by keeping um, Koeman in place. 
Um, you mentioned the finances. So there was the uh, report that came out about Barcelona's wage bill growing 61% in four years. Um, I think other European clubs, I think I read like have at least like less than half of that in terms of a wage increase. Um, the CEO promised improvements in the squad. Uh, I'll just read his quotes. Uh, yes, we can make signings and renew contracts. Pedri and Ansu Fati's contract renewals are on the right track. The last departure of an important player generates an income of more than $20 million as far as financial fair play is considered so that Barcelona could make a signing if it wants to. But the work is not over and we must continue to lower the salary bill. Barca, the first thing we have to do is our obligations. We have done a large part. The salary bill has been lowered, but we have to keep working. And if that happens, of course, we'll be able to sign star players. Barcelona is in accordance with fair play. And from next year on, if we continue to do our homework, the players we want will be able to come. Uh, a lot of contradicting that just, I don't know. That seems very contradicting to me. Um, I know that it's the job of these guys to promise improvements that they're going to be able to bring in the players they want. Uh, based off of what he's saying, it sounds like Barcelona still have to lower their wage bill, which, um, you know, if you look at the four highest paid players in the last, you know, four seasons, it was, you know, or the players that were taking up a large portion of the wage bill, uh, half of those guys in Dembele and Coutinho are still on the team. Um, they have veterans that are still taking up somewhat significant portions, even though they took wage cuts. Uh, and that leads us to kind of the talk about Raheem Sterling. Is he the type of player Barcelona need amidst all of this? Or is he, he, I don't know, signing Raheem Sterling would still feel like a very, it would feel like a Bartomeu era signing to me. What are your thoughts on Raheem Sterling to Barcelona? Well, like the one thing that the, uh, the CEO was talking about, I, I'm not sure I trust the plan, but one thing that they seem to be making their homework is that we're going to be fiscally responsible. That's the, he said some other weird things too. He mentioned non-fungible tokens. <laughs> so apparently we can just take a, I don't know, make an NFT of Memphis and sell that, get some money there or the team. Um, but they seem to say more than anything else, like we're going to make decisions according to like, we're not going to get ourselves into this, like that crisis again, which is good. So if they bring in Raheem Sterling, it will be alone. So it'll be different than some of these other Bartomeu signings. That would be different. And the, the biggest thing to me is who is the coach in January? Don't just bring in a player. Um, I, I love Raheem Sterling, by the way. I love watching him play. Um, I, I look at, I'm kind of curious why Pep Guardiola isn't playing him right now at Manchester City, but maybe that's an opportunity to get a player who wants playing time, who's at the peak of his career, at a really great European Cup, who is really motivated and wants an opportunity. But Pep Guardiola is fun. He just falls in and out of love with players, gets chances and doesn't. So I think if he comes in, if you have the right coach in place who wants to utilize him, and I don't think it's going to, it's uh, the wages is an interesting comment. It's like, are we going to be paying his high wages? I don't think they'll bring him in if it doesn't make financial sense. And if he does come in, I will take a world class Raheem Sterling on the roster to help us. Man, at that point in the season, we're going to need all hands on deck to like qualify for Champions League one way or another, whether it's to the Europa League or to the Liga or whatever route we end up going down. So I'll, I'll take a world-class player if we can make it work financially. So let me ask you, what do you think of the following statement? Um, Barcelona, of course, are one of the teams that are still uh, somewhat linked. I, I think they're still technically in support of the Super League project. Um, 
Our CEO also said, quote, Barcelona believe in a more attractive and open European competition. UEFA is going in the opposite direction to Barcelona in terms of financial fair play. We are more aligned with the Liga. Just like, what do you make of that word soup? Uh, that is one of the things that I find like most curious about like Barcelona at the moment and their relationship with La Liga and their desire potentially to have a super league. It's some, there's some things that I feel like, listen, Bartomeu maybe in some way isn't that different than Laporta and these business guys who come in. Um, they have different ideas about, um, like what Barcelona needs and what's acceptable. I could. But where we go in that direction with, with the fair play, um, I, I would I would want them to go back to what they were we were talking about earlier, and just be smart financially. Um, don't worry about like when are we going to be able to buy the next big superstars. The thing that I think we should be paying attention to is our academy, which got us to the place of this prominence in the last decade to begin with, the Gavis and the Pedris and the Anshus and other people coming through. That's where the emphasis should be, and not. What do we? What can we do to get us in a position to be the net to be on par with the biggest clubs to buy the biggest names? That I think that's what got us. That's the mindset that got us in this mess to begin with. And Messi, the greatest player of all time, is a La Messia product. We didn't buy him, and maybe there's not another Messi in the pipeline, but there's some really great players that, um, and that's really where I would want to see the focus to be going forward. Agreed. Um... I did want to hit on this, uh, the Javier Tebas quotes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read the quotes. Uh, quote, I had dinner at Laporta's house and he agreed to sign the CVC agreement. I didn't know if Messi could renew because of that. But later I got a call from Laporta saying, quote, can we accelerate the CVC deal? Messi is getting nervous. I told him the day it comes out, Fiorentina is going to try and burst it. And Laporta told me, no, no, I have character. Fiorentina's behind it all, I have no doubt. There was an agreement that if Barcelona signed the CVC deal, they could have put 15% of the money towards signing players. In my opinion, they could have signed Messi. Laporta signed players like Memphis, Aguero. If he didn't sign those players, Messi could continue, end quote. Well, I can see why Chavez wants Messi to continue. Messi is good for La Liga. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a my that's a horrible deal. I'm very happy we didn't sign that deal to sell away 10% for 50 years. I mean, that might sound attractive in the near term to get that in, you know, that influx of cash that you desperately need to get yourself out of the trouble. Um, but that is another example of like the, I don't think I like any any of these characters. I, when when Tebas talks, I don't think he gets it. When, you know, it, it's just this like hyper-capitalist mindset. La Liga wants to be better than the Premier League. He's worried because the Premier League is like really just exploded with all the coaching talent and player talent. And Laporta wants to just get money in because if you, you know, money if you think solves all all the all the problems. When you're in debt, yes. But when you get out of debt and you get yourself in good footing, it's gotta be about a footballing mentality. So these these quotes to me are very funny. And I'm not sure if I'm on anyone's side. They all kind of sound ridiculous to me. <laughs> um let me take your temperature on uh, Joan Laporta. Like, what what are your thoughts on him at the moment? Joan Laporta. Well, I mean, after Bartomeu, I, I I have more I have more confidence. I think he has a track record, and I like that. I, I said, listen, I it's tragic the way that Messi left, um, and Griezmann leaving too. And but it shows he's willing to make tough decisions. I don't 
Um, and I like that he's willing to make tough decisions. I like that he talks about, you know, taking the finances seriously, and that's what's informed his decisions that he's made. Um, I think his strength is also his weakness. He really does talk a lot. And I think he's, listen, if you're going to keep Kuman on because that is just the only possibility, you need to like uplift him, make him feel like you are my, you truly are my coach. So this stuff in the media where you take shots at him, he takes shots at you, creates a toxic culture. And now he's created that if I have any like criticism at this point, it's that you're not going to get the most out of your coach. I think the most ridiculous thing he ever said was give me two weeks to find a replacement. That was just so funny and so ridiculous and actually funny in the way that we have to laugh or else we're going to cry. Because the second he said that with Kuman's personality and his pride and his stubbornness, you could just see him like, all right, I see what game we're playing here. And I have one more year on my contract. And um, I'm, I'm just at this point in time, like at the very least, I have the leverage. So I, I think whatever happens with the coaching decision this year, uh, that's going to kind of, uh, I'm still holding out my judgment on Laporta based on what happens with that coming up here in the next few months. So next time you and I talk will probably be about a month from now. Barcelona will have played those three brutal matches like we talked about. Uh, what do you think we're going to be talking about in a month? Do you think we're going to be talking about how Barcelona, uh, they still have hope in the Champions League. Uh, they've had decent results against two pretty good teams in the Liga and Valencia. And then, of course, Real Madrid. What do you think we're going to be talking about? I think that it's going to be more of the same. I think like the hope that we had in the beginning of the season, we saw Memphis sparkling and just being amazing and realizing that he does need a supporting cast. We're going to get some players back. Hopefully, Ansu comes back and does improve the team. We get some results. But ultimately, I think the same problem is going to persist at that point in time. Maybe Barcelona is in the top four. Maybe they're just outside of it. Maybe, you know, they've got some points in the Champions League, but it's still not certain whether we're going to qualify. So I don't think these questions are going to go away. It might be a little bit easier to stomach. But then the question is going to be truly on, like, strategy. Like, how do you make the most out of a season like this? Um, but I, I see a little bit more of the same, just inconsistent results. Well, that sucks. Um all right, uh, Nick, are you working on anything over the international break you want to talk about? Well, I'm paying attention to our players who are on international duty. It was very fun watching Gavi play yesterday for Spain. Also very fun watching Luis Enrique. Just, I, I, I'm a big fan of Luis Enrique. I, I like his personality. Um, some of his decisions in the Spanish national team, like, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, but it was great seeing Gavi. Um, I'm a little bit interested in seeing Trent Cow. I'm mean, paying attention to him. I've been paying attention to Wolves this year. He's on loan. You never know if that's a player that could come back. And, and it's Serginho Dust is the other one that I'm really excited about. Um, I feel like he could go in two different directions. Either he can really put his stamp as a fullback for the future for this team. Um, and he's young, and I hope he does well for his national team. Um, or, you know, he might start to get a little criticism if he's um, not performing to the top standards. So I'm going to. I don't always enjoy international breaks, but with World Cup qualifiers and World Cup about a year away now, um, I'm going to enjoy it, watching our players. So before we head out, you and I were talking about the U.S.-Jamaica match just before we started. Uh, give me just like, what do you think is going to happen tonight? It's obviously a massive match for U.S. Three points. We said it's a home game, right? You're playing in Austin. Yep. So it's actually three points is the only acceptable result. Um, no Pulisic, um, Weston McKinney's coming back. Hopefully he's past all that drama and can actually, uh, that's the one I want to see a performance on. 
I think Wes McKinney is going to come back. He's going to show that he's learned. He's matured. He's going to play with some passion, maybe with Tyler Adams, who's another one who's just strong and passionate. Um, and then the question will be, I think Serginio Dust will do great. He's been really well. A lot of just offensive contributions. U.S. will have more of the ball. But the question will be is, can they score the goals? And do they have the right forwards in place who can? No Josh Sargent, I believe. So that's the big question for the United States. Where the goal score is going to be? We can get the goals. We get the three points. Yep. And they're playing against the team that is last in their group. So like you said, three points is pretty much the only... Uh... The only acceptable result here. So, all right, uh, Nick, enjoy the match tonight. Enjoy the rest of the international break, and we will chat again soon. Sounds good. Have a good one.